Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. The championship round is here. Four teams remain. We have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. In the AFC, we have the uh, underdog of sorts, the Buffalo Bills, taking on uh, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Patrick Mahomes, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And as I've had so far for this postseason back with us, we have Mr. Jacob Duncan. Jacob, doing all right? What's up? I'm uh, ready for championship Sunday, best Sunday of the year. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for fans like us, the postseason's always, I don't want to say more enjoyable because it's definitely not if your team is good, but like we can kind of watch it without stressing. We're more focused on like, you know, the coaching searches that are going on. Um, for sure. More so than our team's actually ever playing for anything. Um, sure. Tends tend to be more focused on mock drafts around this time. Yeah. Shout out uh, Dan Campbell. But I guess before you get into that, what do you think about uh, the Lions new hire? Um, unexpected, I guess, going into the offseason. But, um, you know, it's kind of to be determined. I know he doesn't have a ton of experience. I know he did. Uh, he was the interim head coach for the Dolphins uh, for that one year. But uh, he seems like a high energy guy. Seems like a real leader of men. Something I was looking for. Um, obviously, I wanted uh, the guy you guys got, Robert Sala. Um, but he has some similar traits where he's gonna, he's, he's a good leader. Um, you know, we're gonna have to see how it plays out. I hope for the best. Um, we're gonna see, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting, uh, interesting little rebuild the Lions are uh, working on right now. Yeah, we'll see. That's what I think both of our teams, I think, did a good job in what they were looking for in a head coach, not looking for necessarily like an offensive guru that teams tend to look for. I think they both got CEO culture changing kind of guys. Um, I'm thrilled with Robert Sala. Um, he, I, I guess both of them had their introductory um, press conferences today. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Campbell, to... Campbell's press conference was one of the, one of the best I've ever seen. That, there. Was, that was, that was something. I think that's a, one of those rare, um, exciting and interesting ones, you know, <laughs> that I think you could say are, were for the right reasons versus oh, for sure. Sala had a good interview or a good press conference. I liked what he had to say, but vastly different um, than like when Adam Gase had his um, entry press conference, whereas it looked like he was doing <laughs> explosive drugs. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully um, our franchises have found their guys. I'm super excited about Robert Sala. I know um, they officially announced um, Michael LaFleur, little brother of Packers coach Matt um, as our offensive coordinator. And also, um, his name is missing me right now, but um, the defensive coordinator, who I believe he was most recently with the Falcons, Jeff uh, Earlbridge, and he's actually going to be calling the play. Sala will not, but I think um, they together can scheme up a pretty good defense. I'm excited. I think you should be. Sala's a, Sal's a great guy. I think, I think it's a good hire for the Jets. I think it'll work yeah. out. For sure, but... 
Last week was when we talked about the head coaching hires. Not this week. This week, uh, we're looking at these final four games, um, starting off with the NFC, where just for um, for perspective, I don't know about you, me, I am seven and three so far in our picks. Um, I went two and two last week. Um, not incredible, but still feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, I believe I believe I went two and two also last week. Yeah. So NFC uh, first game of the day Sunday at twelve oh five p.m. Pacific Standard Time, of course, um, on Fox. The five seed top wild card Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, face off against the one seed Green Bay Packers. The Packers three and a half point favorites. Yeah, so here we got a game where the Bucks uh, they went on the road two straight weeks and uh, picked up wins I, I gotta give them credit right from the start I, I didn't expect them to be here um I thought they might struggle with Washington they kind of did and I didn't think they really had a chance against the Saints uh but they kind of went out and proved everybody wrong their defense is playing really well right now um and as we saw these two teams played each other uh way earlier in the year and it was it was a Bucks route it destroyed the Packers um one thing the Packers could not do which is something rare they couldn't protect Aaron Rodgers that game um, I saw like a stat this week where I think Aaron Rodgers got sacked like only like four or five times the whole season. And three of those came against the Bucks. So it'll be an interesting rematch here. I think obviously the storyline to watch, it's arguably the two best quarterbacks of all time. But how you ask, it's uh, Brady versus Rodgers. And it's first meeting in the playoffs. So this is definitely an exciting matchup. Um, obviously, Brady might be a little bit out of his prime right now. Um, and Rodgers playing an MVP level, but it's still exciting to see two of the greats go up against each other. Um, I think some of the X factors in this game is going to be, just like I mentioned before, the Bucks in front seven. Um, obviously, they've been playing at an extremely high level. Their linebackers are playing great, um, namely, uh, most namely uh, Devin White, who had an excellent game last week. Um, if they can get pressure uh, like they did in their last matchup, um, it could cause serious problems for the Packers. And I think another X factor for the Packers would be Cornerbacks not named Jerry Alexander. Um, so far, they've shown up. It's it's gotten them this far, obviously. But obviously, Jerry Alexander is, you know, he can make a case for best corner in the league. Either way, he's up there, top five, top three, whatever you want to say. Um, but it's it's question against all of these Bucks weapons. How will the other uh, members of the secondary and the other corners hold up against um, other wide receivers that the Bucks are going to put out there? Um, at the end of the day, though, I, I really went back and forth on this one. It, it's been a really tough pick for me. I, I think I'm going to go with my gut, though, and as much as I hate to say it, I, I don't want to see – I really don't want to see either <laughs> these uh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I don't really want to see the Packers as a whole in the Super Bowl. But I, I can't go against Aaron Rodgers playing at this MVP level right now. I, I worry – I worry – I know Brady – he, they won last week, but I, I still don't think Brady's playing at overall a great level right now. I, I don't want to sound like a Brady hater, although I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he really didn't do much last week that made me say, wow, this this guy is going to propel him over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I, I know I know the Bucks won the last matchup, but I, I, think, the, I think the Packers are going to take this one. I think they'll cover the spread. Give me the Packers 31-23. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the storyline to watch, it's how it was last week um, in regards to the Tampa Bay game. You're looking at the quarterback matchup. Um, it's Rodgers versus Brady. Brady outdueled Breeze. We, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, and we get two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time squaring off. Um, 
what should make for an iconic matchup. And amazingly, this is the first NFC championship that Aaron Rodgers will host at Lambeau. Um, and while this postseason has been a rare road trip for Tom Brady, um, you know, it's kind of a bit contrasting, I guess, for lack of being able to form a uh, complete sentence. Um, Rodgers, he's been MVP level and continued that in the postseason. While TB12, he's had a good season but was mediocre against the Saints last week, as you alluded to. He was 18 of 33 for 199 yards and two touchdowns. And while he didn't record an interception, um, for those who watched, there were a number of what I would consider interception-worthy throws um, that are not reflected in the stat sheet. So the, the quarterback comparison, it's going to dominate news outlets all week long, and it'll be the main talking point, you know, for Joe Buck in the booth on Sunday. And it boils down to will Aaron continue his phenomenal season or will Tom Terrific take over in Lambeau? Um, X-Factor-wise, you were looking at cornerbacks on the other side. Um, I'm looking at the cornerbacks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, specifically, I'll say uh, Carlton Davis. He likely won't shadow Devontae Adams full-time quite like the Rams did uh, with Jalen Ramsey, but the former Auburn Tiger likely draws the lion share of reps versus Green Bay's star wide receiver. Against Michael Thomas in the divisional round, albeit knowing that Michael Thomas was a bit banged up, um, Davis covered uh, Michael Thomas on 20 snaps, limiting him to three targets and shutting him out with zero receptions. And like I said, Thomas, he hasn't been quite himself this season, but that performance versus what I would consider a star wide receiver is still pretty incredible. Adams, he's probably been the best wide receiver during this 2020 season. Can can Carlton Davis limit his impact? I don't think there's any way you can quite shut down Devontae Adams. Jalen Ramsey tried last week and he had some success, but ultimately there's no stopping Devontae Adams. But can Carlton Davis limit his impact? And for a Buccaneers win, I think he has to. And in the end, this honestly was not that hard of a pick for me. I'm taking the Packers. And Tom Brady, he has a knack for, I mean, well, not losing. But Aaron Rodgers is on another planet right now. And furthermore, the Tampa Bay offense just hasn't screamed success uh, or confidence this postseason. Um, While Green Bay looks phenomenal against – I mean, it's in the whole conference. We'll say the top defense really in the whole league last week against um, the Los Angeles Rams without Aaron Donald, albeit. Um, but the Tampa Bay defense, it was impressive last week, but it would also be a bit disrespectful and unfair to compare what Drew Brees is at right now um, and what that Ains offense was looking like um, to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now. The Tom Brady magic is real, no doubt, and th- this – very well could blow up in my face, but I think the Cheeseheads can handle the Bucks rather easily and clinch their ticket to the Super Bowl, which I believe is actually being played in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium, so that's kind of funny. Um, Packers, 34-24, I think they pull away in the end, um, send Tom Brady packing. I know um, you obviously not a, not a Brady fan per se, Aaron Rodgers has terrorized the division for years, so I know you're probably hoping for uh, I don't know what I don't know what exactly what bad bad game for both of the quarterbacks. <laughs> I just I hope neither one of them wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, rooting, rooting for the AFC, I get it. Um, 
Speaking of the AFC, that's a great segue. Um, AFC Championship Round, Sunday at 3.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on CBS. It's the two-seed Buffalo Bills headed to the Chiefs' kingdom, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are labeled at a three-point favorite. Yeah, so we saw uh, Chiefs last week, man. Anything's possible. My man, Chad Henney. Uh, he came in the game, and it was close. The Browns, I, I was rooting for the Browns, obviously, the underdog story, but uh, he ended up handling business. Great play call in that fourth and one at the end by Andy Reid. And then the Bills, I, I doubted them last week. I, I thought the Ravens were going to win that game, and the Bills came out. They forced turnovers. I, obviously, Lamar was hurt at the end of the game, but I don't think it really would have made a difference. Uh, the Bills did enough to win that game. Um, and it was kind of a sloppy game, but those got it done. Um, and, and they look good coming into this game. It's obviously the matchup that I think we've kind of been expecting for the last couple of months now. It's It's been kind of leading up to these two teams meeting up. I think the obvious storyline to watch right now is Patrick Mahomes' health. I, I know the concussion. He's expected to play right now, and that's why the Chiefs are favored. Um, the concussion is obviously uh, something to watch. But I also think – I know he was kind of limping around in the field. I know I think something happened with one of his foot one of his feet. Um, so it, it's going to be something to watch. I, I don't think he's going to be hundred percent for this game, but he's still Patrick Mahomes. Um, so it's going to be something to monitor to watch. And I think the X factor uh, leading into that is the chief's offensive line being able to keep Patrick Mahomes up and uh, protect him well uh, against a pretty good bills defense that we saw play well last week. And I think another X factor here for the bills is I mentioned it last week, uh, Devin Singletary, he didn't exactly do much last week. I think they only had like seven carries or something or 20-something yards, and they were able to still pull off the win. Um, I, I just think this is a different type of a game where if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, you have to be able to keep the ball out of his hands, whether he's not 100% or not. And, and as some success from Devin Singletary would potentially propel the Bills up to be able to win this game. Um, this is another – real. obviously, it's the championship game to get to the Super Bowl, so it's supposed to be a good game, and, and we're seeing – I've gone back and forth. I know I know I've been, I doubted them last week, but I think the Bills are coming in here for an upset. I, I'm worried about the health of Patrick Mahomes, and I know he's still going to go out and ball out, but Josh Allen's playing at another level right now. I think the Bills – Somehow, I think they're going to will their way to this win. It, it is going to be close. I, I think if Chad Henney plays, this, there's no chance the Chiefs win. But um, I think Mahomes will play, and I, I think the Bills will win this 28-27. Interesting. So, for me, the storyline to watch, I mean, sorry for the lack of parity, but it's it's the talk. Um, who is at quarterback for Kansas City? This doubles, you know, it could double as the X factors. It's a whole different game if Patrick Mahomes is unavailable. But with the best quarterback in the NFL healthy, I think Kansas City can feel good about going into this matchup. With, you know, Chad, Henny, given day, Henny, uh, it sounds like a bit of an uphill battle. And you you mentioned it, Mahomes is practicing. I'd expect him to play. Um or, you know, if he doesn't play, perhaps Andy Reid will pivot to another Mahomes, such as per- per- Patrick's uh, TikToking brother Jackson. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Patrick Mahomes playing status, it makes or breaks this game. Um, I think he will play. Do I think he's going to be 100%? No. Um, but that's really the main focus on this game on Sunday. X-Factor-wise, I'm looking at the other side um, of Kansas City's line, their pass rush. 
Um, and so looking past Mahomes, the Bills signal caller, he's dynamic with his legs, makes plays out of the pocket. So the Kansas City defense needs to force Josh Allen to remain in the pocket and keep him from rolling out right where he is absolutely lethal. The Bills, you mentioned Devin Singletary. They have not boasted a great run game. So I think the pass rush success will likely convert to overall success. Um, Frank Clark, Chris Jones and company, they have to get home and limit um, the Allen escape ability to win this game, whether Pat Mahomes plays or not. Um, And with that being said, assuming that Patrick Mahomes plays, um, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think uh, they've proven themselves to not be bulletproof as the Browns battled them last week. And the Bills know, you know, they haven't lost a game since the Hail Murray in November, which proved to be, I mean, a bit of an aberration, um, to put it lightly. And with that being said, though, a healthy Chiefs offense is a mismatch for any team. And on the flip side, I think people undervalue the Chiefs' you know, gritty defense that's capable of forcing a key turnover. And I don't doubt that the Bills will be able to sling the ball a bit, but that inability, you know, they haven't proven to be able to run the ball. It definitely gives an edge to that Chiefs' defense. Um, so the Bills, they've been absolutely rolling. But the Chiefs, at at least relative full strength, I think they're the best team in football. Chad Henney in at quarterback, it flips this game on its head. But with, you know, the Kansas City Royals partial owner and football throwing extraordinaire in the lineup, I'm, I'm lighting up the Red Kingdom. I'm not picking against um, the defending champs. And there's definitely, I mean, I don't, to same how you don't like the Packers, the Bills haven't terrorized the Jets, but I do not like the Bills in the slightest bit. So I'll definitely be rooting for Kansas City. Um, you know, maybe some bias leaks in there, but I just think the Chiefs um, overall, they're the best team in football with even, a, you know, 70% Patrick Mahomes out there. So I'm having them break um, the winning streak of Buffalo. I'm thinking we see Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, the two MVP candidates. If you don't know which one we think should win, go back and listen to the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, those those guys leading their way into Tampa Bay for a championship. Um, yeah. Looking at this, um, I know this is not on script. I'm just kind of thinking about this. As a fan, what would be um, your most ideal matchup of these four and your least ideal? All right, so that's actually a pretty good question. Um, most ideal, it's tough to think because I, I really I don't dislike either one of the Chiefs or the Bills, um, but I always kind of have rooted for the Bills. I know, uh, no, you're not a big fan of them, but um, they've always been kind of one of those teams I've always rooted for. And, and uh, you know, I love Bills Mafia, so I, I think I have to pull for the Bills in the AFC. Um, but for the NFC, yeah, I, I, I dislike, I just don't like Tom Brady. Uh, and obviously, I, I have no love for the Packers. So it, it's it's tough. I go back and forth on that matchup on which one I'd rather see. But uh, I kind of I think it would be interesting to see the Bills, Bills and Bucks, just just to see the Bills versus Tom Brady one more time. Maybe uh, maybe they can finally get over that hump. That'd be a good storyline. But um, least ideal. Oh man. Um, I don't honestly. The least ideal is probably the Chiefs and the Packers. Then I, I guess. Although I mean, I I'm not going to complain about that matchup. I think we're going to get two good matchups either way. Um, I I just do not want to see the Packers win the Super Bowl. Uh, at the end of the day, but there's a very good chance it's going to happen. Um, 
We're going to see, though. It's definitely definitely entertaining, I think, no matter what. Yeah, you and I, uh, we are opposite. I would like to see the Chiefs and the Packers, as I predicted. Um, the Packers, I, I mean, I don't mind the Packers. I have nothing against them. Um, fun to watch. And then the Chiefs, same thing, fun to watch. I also, in both cases, just hate the other quarterbacks. Um, he won't find me rooting for Tom Brady or Josh Allen, really, in any circumstance, unless, God forbid, I somehow had them in fantasy football or something. Um, and I do not want to see the Bills versus Buccaneers because either that's a Tom Brady win or a Josh Allen win. I think I wouldn't mind, you know, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay would be an interesting dynamic, um, especially if the Chiefs were to win. Like, I think it's already pretty clear Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, but more of an official, like, passing of the torch of um, Mahomes beating Brady and moving on. Or, you know, vice versa, if Brady won. That's not what I'd root for, but um, definitely some storylines there. Bills, Packers, that would be fine. Um I don't know. I think the, those are two pretty passionate fan bases, but I just don't want to see the Bills. So that's what it really comes down to for me. Um, I mean, re- realistically, I, I ideally would be the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions. I don't know about you. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but enough with that. Um, this week was a big week in terms of some of the really the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, stepping away from the game. And that started with the report right ahead of the Saints versus Buccaneers game that Drew Brees was expected or is expected uh, to move away after this season. So looking at some of Brees' all-time numbers, he has 172 career wins, 80,000 or over 80,000 passing yards, which is good for currently number one all-time 571 passing touchdowns, second all-time, a 67.7 completion percentage, which is good for second all-time. And with Deshaun, when I, when you look at it, Deshaun Watson is technically the um, most accurate passer of NFL history. I think given, um, you know, his lack of years to compare it to Drew Brees, you could definitely say um, Brees as the most accurate passer of all time. Uh, he has four 5,000-yard seasons, 13 Pro Bowls, two-time Player of the Year awards, one-time Comeback Player of the Year, one-time Walter Payton Man of the Year, and one-time Super Bowl champ. A lot a lot of greatness from Drew Brees. Um, if you were to boil it down to a moment or two, uh, what's your favorite Drew Brees moment or moments? Man, Drew Brees, uh, that's just a tough one, man. Seeing him go out like that, he's he's my favorite player of all time. He's just a guy, he's hard to root against. He's always been kind of overlooked. Um, just, you know, whether it's his size. I know he got forced out um, originally out from the Chargers. Um, but it, it was, you know, some of my favorite moments, obviously, you know, the Super Bowl winning. Winning that for New Orleans uh, after Hurricane Katrina was a huge deal. Um, some of the other games, I know, what was it, 2015, where he had, like, they scored, like, 50-something points against the Giants. Eli Manning and him had a shootout. I knew he threw for, like, 500 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, some of the recent years, he had some record-breaking games where he broke uh, the passing record for all-time yards. And I know at one point he did have a touchdowns record. Um, obviously, I think Tom Brady passed him now, and he, he won't have that record. But uh, either way, statistically speaking, he's a – 
he, you could make a case just, just based on statistics. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but I think you have to put him somewhere. He's obviously a top 10 quarterback of all time. For me, he's in there in the top five, wherever you want to put him. Uh, and overall, he's just a good guy. I mean, it, like I said, he's just, he's hard not to root for. Um, just a great guy, great player, well-respected around the league. And uh, it sucks to see him out, um, but I'm sure he's going to enjoy retirement. Yeah, that's what uh, Drew Brees, um, obviously former San Diego Charger, he still, um, I would assume, has a house here as he is often seen here. Um, I actually, I don't know how, I haven't seen him, but um, a few years back, um, he was filming a Wrangler jeans commercial, I believe, uh, and my dad saw him recording it like outside the restaurant, which was funny. Um my grandpa was telling me the other day about how um, they went to like a fancy restaurant and he walked in and um, he was just trying to sit down at a table and there were at least, you know, four different stoppages of people um, trying to talk to him. And he took like 10 minutes to talk to them before they finally um, sat him outside. So love that San Diego connection game wise. Um, I remember him winning the Super Bowl. Um, I was a lot younger, so I can't say I remember it vividly. I do remember them winning the Super Bowl. I remember it being cool. Um, I want to say I was up in Big Bear um, when they won it. The whole Katrina thing, definitely awesome. It'd be unfair to really say that that's one of my favorite moments, considering um, I think I was a little too young to fully understand it. Um, looking at some of the recent moments, uh, 2018 versus the Redskins, when he broke the passing yards record, it was 26 to 29. He threw for 363 yards and three TDs. Uh, and I, he broke it like early in the first half. I remember um, they had to like escort his kids um, down off the field with his wife. Um, and, you know, they celebrated and such. I wanted, I think that an audio from that is part of my intro. I think that's the, there's only one word to describe greatness I think um it's from that game and if it's not from that one it's from um last year against the Colts where um at the time he broke the touchdown record as you alluded to he does not still have it Tom Brady overtook him but he threw a 21 yard touchdown pass to Traquan Smith to hit uh 539 and then which would tie the record with Peyton Manning and then he threw it to none other than Taysom Hill in the third quarter for a touchdown to hit 540, um, broke that record. But as well, I remember he also um, broke the single game um, completion record. He completed our completion percentage. Um, he was 29 of 30 for 307 yards, four touchdowns. He completed something like 21 straight passes. Um, so that was definitely really cool. Obviously, you know, the, not – glory days of him, but those were two prime performances um, that were record-breaking. You mentioned, um, you know, where you rank him. For me, it's it's hard when you still have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers still in the league, but if I had to put him somewhere without um, taking a lot of thought into everyone else, I'd say top five. He has the yard touchdown overall success, um, you know, to back it up. I think the lack of MVP holds him back a, a tiny bit um, and only getting one Super Bowl is tough, although I think there are much better ways to evaluate a quarterback than a Super Bowl. Um, nonetheless, I think that holds him back a little bit from necessarily the GOAT, although I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with someone if they were to say he's the GOAT. I love Drew Brees. Um, 
but unquestionably top five. I think he's up there with guys like Elway, Montana, Manning, um, and then current guys like Tom Brady, and I think Aaron Rodgers will, will also enter that conversation. Um, and, yeah, I feel like I was just rambling for a couple minutes. Um, another uh, San Diego, or at least San Diego Ties guy retiring, and that is Philip Rivers. Um, over his long career, he accumulated 134 wins, over 63,000 yards, which is good for fifth all time. Although, what is that, a uh, 17,000-yard difference from uh, number one Drew Brees? Um Nonetheless, 421 touchdowns passing, um, which is good for fifth all-time, a 64.9 completion percentage, eight Pro Bowls, and a Comeback Player of the Year award. Um, do you have any favorite moments um, of Philip Rivers? Yeah, so Philip Rivers is another guy that I've always liked as a player, definitely more in his uh, San Diego days, more than, you know, recent, well, this year in the Colts and recent years. Um, he obviously, you could obviously tell he was slowing down, kind of similar to Drew Brees this year. Um, but, hey, he still made the playoffs this year. Um, loved the Colts. I don't know if he led them, but he was a big, probably a big part of their success this year. And, obviously, just all those years in San Diego, I know one, one moment that kind of sticks out to me, um, I want to say it was 2008. Um, I don't vividly remember this, but I, I do remember it happening where um, – he did play uh, in the conference championship game on a torn ACL. And, and it was just kind of one of those. It, that's, that kind of defines Philip Rivers. I think he's just a tough guy. Uh, you, you think he's like a guy that people like playing with. And, you know, I, obviously all the videos, I don't, there's not an exact moment, but, you know, there, you see so many videos of his trash talk. And, and it's just enjoying to watch. Um, he's just one of those guys. He's a competitive guy. And, and, you know, he's one of those guys you like to root for. Um, definitely one of the best players in Chargers history. Um, and I, there's a lot of debate people make because, you know, he, he never won a ring. Um, but I, I, I think it's without question Philip Rivers belongs in the Hall of Fame. And, and if he doesn't get the, in there, it's a robbery. Um, you know, I, I think when you rank him along all-time quarterbacks, um, I, I think he'd probably be in about that 20 to 25 range. Um, yeah, but he, he 100%, 100% deserves being in the Hall of Fame. Um, had a great career. Obviously, this season didn't end the way he wanted to, and I I really didn't expect him to retire um, recently, really. But um, uh, congrats to Philip Rivers on a great career. One of one of my favorite players of all time, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as someone who from San Diego, even before the Chargers left, I'm not gonna act like I was a big Chargers fan. I was um, always more of a Jets fan, even really before they left. And he delivered a bunch of moments that, like, I personally found cool. Um, but looking back on it and kind of reflecting, I don't know how you can't say the coolest moment of Philip Rivers' career was that 2007 AFC Championship game when he played through a torn ACL. Um, obviously, I mean, I was maybe two years old, so I'm not—I didn't see the game. But he he tore his ACL against the Colts the week before and went up against the Patriots. Um, and he, he wasn't even great in the game, and they lost. But that's just got to be one of the gutsiest performances I've ever heard of. Um, and just doing that for my city, you know, whether or not I'm um, the biggest Chargers fan or not, and looking back, considering um, our team was stolen from us, um, it's just super special, meaningful, and um, – I mean, yeah, I don't, it kind of just speaks for itself playing on a torn ACL against the Patriots. You have to, you have to be a near madman to do that. 
Um, and obviously, you know, the clips of always the trash talk, there's nothing quite like it. Um, I just, the way that he's able to like walk the line of not swearing and finding great alternatives. Like, I mean, damn, damn gummit. There's <laughs> things like that just with his Southern drawl that like make no sense, <laughs> but you know what he's trying to illustrate. It's just funny. Um, and then in terms of ranking him amongst all-time quarterbacks, I'm with you. I think he's t- up there top 25. He's probably top five of the greatest quarterbacks to never win a ring or let alone make a Super Bowl. Um, but without that team success in Gaudi Awards like an MVP, it's kind of hard to really put the longtime charger that high. I think you'd compare his company to um, – former Charger quarterback Dan Fouts and um, Bill's quarterback Jim Kelly and guys who um, were good um, but not necessarily, you know, elite elite uh, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously in their elite, I don't want that to be taken out of context. Um, But not necessarily fighting for a top 10 spot and um, not, you know, their names aren't associated with championships. And I'm I'm 100% with you, Hall of Famer, no doubt. I'd love, I think it'd be really cool if, um, I mean, it won't happen, but it'd be really cool if, like, the Padres signed him to a one-day one deal and uh, he could retire in San Diego. But um, I don't know. It, I, I wouldn't be happy if he signed a one-day deal with Los Angeles, but I don't think he would. I think, I don't uh, think so. I don't think Phil really, I don't want to say he doesn't have any, but um. I think most of Phil's love goes out uh, to San Diego. I mean, his retirement was broken by um, the San Diego Union Tribune in his statement. It was, uh, you know, largely based around San Diego. He's a San Diego guy through and through. Um, Mm -hmm. Two San Diego legends in their own right. um, Ushering out and continue to be a poverty sports city. But then again, I'm talking to a Lions fan. So who am I to say (laughs) um i'm not one more thing one more thing on the uh both of their retirements i think it's just kind of a i don't know if ironic is the word or just kind of interesting that you know breeze started his career in san diego and phil rivers was the guy that uh came to replace him and they both ended up retiring the same year um i just think that's an interesting thing and uh surprised to see both their careers were very successful um and uh it's just it's just an interesting now they're both retiring the same year yeah, and I mean, uh, neither of them finishing with the Chargers seems fitting for a, um, at one point, San Diego franchise. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know what we're at time-wise. I don't have it up on here. I'm trying to think if anything else is really happening in the NFL. I saw um, the Eagles hired the offensive coordinator from the Colts. His name is not even popping in my head right now. Um, let me find it. Um, Nick Sirianni. I did not hear his name floated really for any other job, but he um, was the offensive coordinator with the Colts. It seems as though Philly, they wanted a quarterback-based coach to um, solve their quarterback issues. It's, I mean, I don't think I'm really in any place to fully judge the hire, but I have not heard of him. And his fault or not, I think Philadelphia is in a very, very tricky situation. Yeah, this was definitely a, a surprising hire, to say the least. Um, I, 
honestly, the one thing to note of is you're hiring your former offensive coordinator that you let go, uh, his offensive coordinator now. Um, uh, it's it's just interesting. They hired, they wanted a Frank Reich. They can't get Frank Reich back, so they hired a Frank Reich guy, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough to, I, I hate to make any judgments on on head coaching hires because you really, you have no idea how they're going to end up working out. Uh, obviously, I wish the best for Philly, but definitely, definitely a surprising move. I wasn't, was not uh, seeing this one coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think I really, to his fault or not, they're just weird time for Philly. They got their title. I will say that. Uh, Steelers signing Dwayne Haskins. Do you um, make anything of that? Oh, I, I don't know if there really is much to make of it, but I, I do think this is probably a good move for Haskins. Uh, Washington didn't have much structure as an organization. Um, so it was really, it was really tough to bet on him to succeed in there. Um, Cause I thought there were a lot of flaws in his game and, uh, and his mindset overall, I think there are a lot of flaws. So it, it was really tough to expect that organization to correct those flaws. Um, so a, a good organization like Pittsburgh could potentially help him, but I, I think he has to do a lot of self-reflecting if he wants to be a successful quarterback in this league, because he has the tools, the physical tools are all there. I think it really comes down to his work ethic and his mind and, and who knows, maybe, maybe this could be a career saving move for him. Um, I, I don't know if, I think it's, I think it's going to be more of a, a move that the, the news outlets will talk about rather than it actually ever impacting anything, but. Um, you know, I, I hope he ends up proving me wrong and ends up uh, ends up being successful in Pittsburgh. And who knows? We'll see what happens going forward. But um, I, I don't really know what to make of it at the very moment. Yeah, one, I think this isn't um, – it's unfair to put this all on the organization. But, I mean, Washington is as dysfunctional as it comes, um, you know, from the changing of their name to their owner, you know, having various allegations and – just weird, weird franchise. I think, you know, Ron Rivera was a good hire in terms of character building. They brought that in trying to fix that infrastructure, but he wasn't put in a position to succeed. And he obviously fueled that fire um, with, with a poor work ethic um, and just not bringing a solid presence to the locker room. I don't know if, you know, that much will come out of this. I think it's a good move for both parties in the sense that Haskins is going to get an opportunity with a, you know, a well-respected franchise with um, a known character builder um, in Mike Tomlin, who has dealt with, you know, divas before. I'm not sure that it really means anything that he'll, you know, reclaim his starting spot, especially considering Big Ben was not on our list of remembering quarterbacks and is expected to come back. I think, he can learn a lot. I think it would make sense um, for him to sit and learn there, but it's kind of hard to really see that this move has massive implications. I think it's a solid move that really, there's no reason to make a big thing out of it for really either party, especially the Steelers, because why not take a chance? They're an organization um, that has proven, you know, to be able to build guys up and deal with, um, drama players and make it work i think there's no reason not to take a flyer on a first on a former first round talent um and yeah other than that um let's see gary kubiak officially retired 
not that big of news. Uh, former world champion, though, I suppose. Texans are the last uh, team with a head coaching spot. I, I really don't know where they're going to go. I don't know if you have any further insight, but. I, I don't really right now. Obviously, I mean, the only big names really left on the market right now that I can think of off the top of my head um, are, uh, I believe, is Brian Dable still available? Um, Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, maybe. I, I don't know if they're going to go any of those routes. Um, but I, I honestly don't know where the where Houston plans on going. Obviously, the guy I predicted for them was um, Staley from the Rams, but he was hired already. Um, but we'll see. We're, we'll see where the direction they go. I, I think it might be another kind of surprise hire uh, like that we've seen a lot this off season. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting to see where they go and um, who's going to want to coach there. Yeah, and see, I'm looking back. I'm I'm actually I'm not too angry about. I predicted Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, to the Eagles. I think I mean I was on the right track. They did end up going after um, a quarterback coach. It just ended up being um, Sirianni. For the Texans, I predicted Jim Caldwell. I think that still could make sense. I don't know if it'd be the best hire, but I think it makes sense considering that he um, doesn't have a job right now. It's not like he's a coordinator that if he doesn't take the job, he's like going back um, to another. I think, you know, it makes sense for him to get back into the game, even if they're at a dysfunctional point might be, you know, trading their franchise quarterback. I don't, I honestly, I don't think a guy like Bianami no, you know, he's been yearning for, or yes, he's been yearning for a head coaching job. Um, and hasn't had, you know, that opportunity come to fruition. But if I'm him, I would much rather be drawn up plays for Patrick Mahomes than take on, you know, the Houston Texans. Even, like, with Deshaun Watson, you know, you, it's a little more desirable. But as it stands, um, I, I if I'm if I'm employed, I'm not leaving my employment to take that job. Um, Brian Dabble, it's kind of crazy to me he didn't get a head coaching job. I think it ultimately boils down. Um, and, you know, partial to be enemy as well, um, not not quite so much, but it's the fact that they're just still going in the playoffs that that's kind of limited him from being able to really interview and take those jobs. I think it, make, I, I, it makes sense um, to keep those guys focused on the task at hand, but definitely hurt him versus guys like um, – you know, Brandon Staley, they lost and then was fired a few days later. Robert Sala, he was able to, you know, travel around um, from the get-go because the Niners um, were out. Same with Arthur Smith. All You know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But Dabble, I mean, I think next coaching carousel, he'll probably get a job. He's proven himself as a great offensive mind. So we'll see. Um, sure. Other than that, I mean, I'm trying to – See if I, I think that's really all that's going on. I'm seeing, I'm looking at Bleach Report. Bleach Report put out an article why the Lions should do a full reset, but go after Deshaun Watson. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just read that article not too long ago. Definitely. Um, I wouldn't be opposed. I would not be opposed. Yeah, I mean, it will be, it's hard to be angry if um, your team gets Deshaun Watson. I, it's I the thing about Deshaun Watson, and I guess this is this is something that we can actually touch on, is it really doesn't like like he's made it very clear that he does not want to be in Houston and indicated that he will not play in Houston. But the thing is, 
it's very hard for me to really picture him anywhere and to picture the trade actually, you know, coming to fruition because you don't see a player like this traded in football. Um, you know, in a sport like that in basketball or you know, I'd say baseball is where you see, I think the stars get traded the most, um, obviously free agency, you'll see more movement in like basketball, but you don't, there's not really a precedent sent for this. So it's hard to imagine, obviously, um, you know, a team like the Bears would have interest, possibly the Dolphins, although it doesn't sound like Houston is interested in Tua. Um, really, any team with a slight need for quarterback would be interested. And like my Jets, I think there's, you know, there have been rumors back and forth. I think the Jets definitely have the capital to possibly make the move, but it's just hard to see the trade come to fruition with, you know, seeing a general manager actually part with all those assets. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, I think he's worth it. But to part with that much draft capital, possibly um, talent on the NFL roster, as well as to get, you know, if a team's acquiring Deshaun Watson, it's probably not going to be a team that's primed for contention without him. With him, I think he can lead a team to better um, results. But he's got, he has that full no-trade clause to waive that no-trade clause and make the move. I think it'd be cool if he became a Jet, but like, you know, I don't, I, it's hard to pinpoint where he'll go if it'll happen, despite, you know, all the signs pointing. That's just me though. I don't know if you can see, you know, foresee it more than I, but. Yeah, I, I think you hit it right on. It, you, I can't think off the top of my head this, the last time or if there's really ever been a superstar quarterback like this traded. Um, you've seen some other names, but nothing like this, really. Uh, it, it's definitely, it's going to be quite a haul um, to land Sean Watson. And I, I know he's kind of, you know, he said he doesn't want to play right now, but if I'm, if I'm Houston, I'm not, I'm not making the move unless you're getting equal value back. I know, I know there's going to be a lot of pressure on that organization to try to make a move, but don't, don't give in unless you know you're getting equal value back. Um and there's definitely a lot of rumors flying on. I know, like you said, the Jets, uh, obviously the Lions. Um, I heard the Panthers might be interested as well. Um, I definitely could see them fitting on a lot of other teams if they're willing to make that move. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out uh, the rest of the offseason. It's probably going to be top storyline to watch. I, I just I, I think I think eventually a deal will get done if it comes down to Sean not refusing to play. Um, but I think you just got to kind of wait and see, see who Houston hires as their head coach, see if he can maybe mend the relationship. Um, it, it's going to be tough. It, it's a long road back for Houston, building this relationship back. But, I mean, we're going to see how it plays out. It's definitely definitely the most anticipating storyline this offseason, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Houston's in a – the Houston sports are, are they're in something. They traded uh, James Harden. The uh, Astros had the cheating scandal and they got their title, but they just lost George Springer. Um, I don't know. It, the, and the thing is, um, they first off, they've already signaled that Jack Easterby um, will stay on. I don't know if you've read about him. Um, he's one of their top executives that's considered, you know, one of the key leaders in this whole power struggle. Um, he's going to stay on as an assistant to Nick Casario. And what it sounds like is he, he has a rift with ownership and you can't fire the owner. Mm -hmm. So unless Cal McNair fires himself, 
um, it's hard to really see the relationship being mended. And I think the one point um, that needs to be clarified is you mentioned that they they shouldn't trade him unless they have an offer. And people who have the idea that um, you're going to be able to get him for a lower price because he's unhappy, um, that narrative doesn't really work when you're competing, when there are numbers of teams that are interested in him. He's one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. So you're going to have to bid against each other. It doesn't really, you're not going to be able to trade, you know, a first and your current quarterback for Deshaun Watson. Like it is going to take likely three first round picks, um, possibly, you know, some NFL talent um, as well as some later round picks. I don't know. I think I'd be thrilled if the Jets, you know, packaged pick number two, any other, you know, number 23 with the Seahawks this year um, with a first next year, or maybe the two first next year. How, you know, however it works, I think the Jets, we have a lot of draft capital that uh, Deshaun Watson, all I want to say is Jets have some capital. I'm not saying that they're getting Deshaun Watson. I am saying that his brother is a Jets fan and I would just simply be happy if he was a New York Jet. That's, that's all there really is to it. And that's what I posted on um, on my redshirt Twitter. If you guys aren't following at the redshirt blog, um, Alan Robinson has been liking a lot of tweets regarding uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Jets. So that's that's something. As well as he retweeted or he liked a tweet about Robert Sala. Richard Sherman's been talking Watson up to the Jets. I'm keeping my hopes down, but it's it's definitely interesting. It's hard not to get excited in the offseason. It's hard not. But see, that's the thing for, for franchises like ours um, is the offseason, it's the best time of the year. It's, it's hype, you know, hypotheticals are the best for our team. Um, mm-hmm. We ultimately go 4-12, and 12, you know. It's not as fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's all I really have. I don't know if you have anything further to add. Not much, huh? It was a good episode. Thanks for having me on again. I'm looking forward to this Sunday. It should be a great day of games. Definitely. I'm super excited. I'm also I'm excited to see how um the Pro Bowl works out. I know they're doing it like virtually. They're trying to do something on Madden. It's just going to be really funny to me because Madden is just such an awful game. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch. I wonder how they'll, how they'll do that. Yeah, Not like yeah. I usually watch the Pro Bowl anyway, but it, uh, see we'll see how that goes yeah my might i might be a little more tuned in um before i get into my shameless plugs i just remembered a friend of the podcast nolan steeples committed to southern (laughs) nazarene university no way he's listening and if he is there's no way he's made it this deep but shout out nolan steeples the only go chargers i will say nowadays bolt up um really my favorite division two college football player of all time um yeah he's definitely he's definitely up there for me yeah um leading into the shameless plugs i mentioned the twitter at the red shirt blog um the blog um the red shirt dot blog the instagram at the dot red shirt that's where i'm posting updates on this podcast that you're listening to as well as the blog if I'm writing an article I don't know um if it'll be up but I did write an article on George Springer who I mentioned earlier in his signing with the at or with the Blue Jays rather um that's all my shameless plugs Jacob you've been a good one to not plug do you have anything new you need a plug Uh, I do not not today 
All right, that sounds good. And that'll just about wrap up this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in.